Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, we're down on the beach. Real feel, four degrees C. Real feel, four degrees C. Sun's out, wind's blowing. Real feel, four degrees C. Yep, as always, numb feet, numb bum. I've been in for a swim already. Uh, I did a little bit of homework at home today, but you know what? We have a quote here, we have a saying, and the saying is, where does the beach start and where does the beach finish? So today I'm standing on the beach walking along and a topless girl came walking past me with her shoes in her hand. She walked past me, a uh, beautiful person, I mean, goodness, and uh, up to the footpath and proceeds to walk along the promenade topless. It's four degrees, see, my feet are numb and she's topless. Well. That's really a question. Where does the beach start? Where's the beach finish? I think it was even written on the side of a bus when they were selling New Zealand underpants for boys. Like I've seen people walk past my house in all sorts of G-strings and I went to the supermarket last summer and standing in a queue with a person with a, one of the smallest G-strings I've ever seen, it would have been porno back when I was uh, looking at porno uh, last week, uh, 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 when I was younger. And uh, anyway, so that was, that raised the question, where does the beach start, where does the beach finish? But this one was cool. That's interesting. One of the things I asked myself when I started teaching universal laws of nature, when I start teaching people holiday lifestyle, when I started teaching people how to bring nature to work and nature to home and nature in the bedroom. When I started teaching, instead of taking people to nature, I brought nature to people. One of the questions I asked myself was, where would it be best to locate myself? So I have a property in Nepal, up in the Himalayas. So I could go there and I could do this work from there. Nobody would care. I would be in paradise. I would be in Nirvana, teaching the universal laws of nature from the home of the universal laws of nature, the Himalayas. Within sight of Mount Everest, how beautiful. And I thought, hmm, maybe not. And I thought, oh, I could go up to Byron Bay or a hippie commune. I've got a friend with a property. He's a Buddhist, he's a Buddhist monk and he lets people build sheds on his property and live happily ever after in a subsistence environment and in total peace. I could work from there too. And I thought, mm, maybe not. I was living when I started, moved when I moved the Real Spirit program, which is my traveling roadshow, into a static uh, space, which in other words, I decided not to to physically travel anymore, but more metaphysically travel. Had a lot to do with having a broken back, but that's aside the point. I, uh, I moved to Darling Point and I had this absolutely beautiful three bedroom apartment with a front window overlooking the Harbour Bridge. I could watch all the fireworks right from my door, even on New Year's right from my window and we used to have parties up there, dinner parties on the, on the veranda. 
that was just magnificent. And down in my garage, I had my kayaks and my ocean skis. I could walk downstairs, put it on my shoulder, walk across the road, through a little park, only 50 metres across the park, 100 metres across the park. There was a launch pad there used for the Olympics and I could go in and paddle off into the wild blue yonder. It was paradise. And then I thought, is this the right place to teach the universal laws of nature to the world? Where I'm in this, uh, I suppose you could call it aged community because Darling Point in Sydney, the area I was in was the elite I uh, lived only uh, 100 metres away from Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise when they were there. Uh, used to wave every day. And many other relatively uh, posh and famous and privatised people who needed seclusion. And I thought, I don't think so. So I eventually, through the encouragement of a friend, moved to a place where youth dominates, and that's Bondi Beach. Bondo Beach is where youth dominates. It's no matter how old you are, you act like a young person. You, you get up and you go down the beach and you're, you're, you're somewhere between 15 and 25 years old. You, you, you belong in that, it's not, a, it's not an age thing, it's, it's, it's a psychographic, it's a, it's, a, it's a mentality. It's go out, enjoy a surf, enjoy a swim, uh, stand in the sun, do a little bit of walking and you act like a 15-year-old. It's joyful, playful. You go to the shops, everybody's wearing bikinis. Uh, they care about the environment, so you know you can't kill a whale or hurt a dolphin or uh, uh, anything. If there's whales, everybody runs down, every local runs down the beach to watch it over and over and over and over. Same whale, same stuff, same thing, but it's just like kids in a toy shop. And I've got to admit, that the joy of living in this environment is sometimes confronting. And I really, I really understand it because like yesterday, I'm working at my desk, it's Sunday afternoon, I'm doing some really serious stuff. I'm concentrating, I've got everything there, my beautiful iMac and my gorgeous little iPad and my everything set up working in sync and I'm making videos and, and the next door neighbors who are probably somewhere between 15 and 25 year olds decides to show their mates their motorbike and this motorbike lacks an exhaust pipe and so and then they decide they're going to use the street as a demonstration area of how good the motorbike is and I'm thinking fuck I'm going to call the police bastards you know and then I realize I'm in their world not there in mine and this is what you do and then two doors up we've got the backpackers and they're between 15 and 25 and they love to get these ghetto box blaster things, machines you can put and put the music on full bore and get stoned as a, a kite with all their Brazilian uh, friends two doors up and they, they, they don't know. And I get, oh, geez, I'm gonna go up and tell them what to do. And I think, hang on, I'm in their space, they're not in mine. And so you realize that when you immerse yourself in an environment that you're uncomfortable in and sometimes you're the oddball in, that's the perfect place to teach the universal laws of nature because I'm teaching it to everybody who's in an uncomfortable space themselves. I'm teaching the laws of nature to people who are in companies that are stupid, corporations that, that mismanage and misalign and misappropriate uh, 
reward systems and payment systems and infrastructural systems. And I'm talking to people who have to deal with that shit day after day after day, just like I have to deal with motorbikes in this. So I've found a place where I'm uncomfortable and I have to work to stay comfortable. So I have compassion for those who are telling me that their, their spouse at home behaves like a two-year-old and they have to deal with a two-year-old spouse judging and criticizing and emoting and uh, acting with lower consciousness and criticizing and judging and, and not enjoying and, and feeling bad and feeling stressed and feeling disappointed and blaming my client for the problem. And my clients are committed to, quite often to stay in those places. They don't say, I'm going to run away from Bondi because the noises are really loud next door or because there's dickhead backpackers next door. They say, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to work through this. Just like I have to stay in Bondi for the time being and work through the stuff and be a 100-year-old person in an environment with 15-year-olds. Must be like a school teacher sometimes, right? School teachers standing there trying to teach 12-year-old kids and the school teachers 55 themselves. And they go, how do I relate to these kids? Over and over and over and over again. And so I found the perfect place to teach the laws of nature because the laws of nature teach a holiday lifestyle. That's the purpose of it. To teach inner wealth and outer wealth and make it a holiday, no matter whether you're at work or at home. And to break down this stupid idea of, I'm gonna work like an idiot I'm going to go to a yoga class to relieve my stress after work. But while I'm working, I'm going to work like an idiot. So that I need a yoga class to unwind after I've wound up. And I'm saying, skip all that. Don't wind up. Don't wind up. See the beauty in things right now, as it is. Work through it. You're the oddball. It's not the space that's the problem. It's our thinking that we're the important one and the space is wrong. It's me thinking that I should tell the neighbours to make their music quiet or the motorbike quiet because so, I'm the dominant species here. It's not. When we go to work, we are not the dominant species. We are not the dominant entity. The entity is dominant and we've got to work with it and make it fun and make it a holiday. Even though some of the people in that space are behaving in ways that we think it's absolutely terrible. And you go, yeah, but they're not doing any harm to themselves. The backpackers are having fun with their music and drugs. The motorbike guy's having fun with his motorbike. And I'm trying to play strict old school teacher. I'm important and tell them all what to do. That's not the way it is. Adaptation, the way that we stay young, the way that we stay uh, relevant is by saying that the environment is fine. We're the one that's fucked up. And the universal laws of nature give you the chance to make everything transparent, to see that there's balance everywhere, to see that everything's evolving, to see that nothing's missing, to see that your attitude of gratitude will change everything around you, and to see that you can be humble to something bigger than yourself. So I've, again, it's now the 20th iteration of the 30-day challenge. The 20th iteration in 10 years. Do you realize that each time I iterate, I'm not talking about throwing 
uh, one or two pages or modifying a word here and there, I dump the whole thing and start from scratch. Because every single day, I adapt to my neighbours, I adapt to the environment. I become more like a 15-year-old down here on the beach. I become more like a 25-year-old in my street. I, I go shopping, I see topless people walking to the shower and then walking along the footpath without any top on. And I go, fuck, this is the new world. Where does the beach finish? Where does the holiday finish? I'm the one that's got the problem, not her. And so each time, each of those 20 times that I take the whole back on track program, I know it in my heart, so I tip the cup upside down, empty it, and go, what have I been teaching that I can't remember? Well, that's gone, because I start from scratch again. The structure of it stays the same. Number one, get over judgment. Number two, evolve your body. Number three, change your space. Number four, work on priorities, uh, self-worth. Number five, find your vision, which is your inner wealth. Number six, self-talk. What do you say to yourself? Because you're inside your own head 24-7. That's the best place to make change, isn't it? If you keep talking to yourself the same old way, oh, you're a dickhead, you're a dickhead, you're a dickhead, or you're stupid, or you're not good enough, or gee whiz, if I, I wish I wasn't here, or gee whiz, I hate this job. If you're talking like that 24-7, there's not much hope of a coach coming in and making a, uh, any headway. If you're addicted to things and you can't stop eating the wrong foods or drinking the wrong things or smoking the wrong joint and you want to be happy, and that's the only way you get happy, well, fine. We just got to look at what cause and effect. If you say to me in your vision, ah, oh, I'm looking forward to living to a ripe old age of so-and-so and seeing my grandkids grow up and uh, maybe dying at the age of 80 or 85 uh, of old age uh, from running up and down Bondo Beach, then good. But if you decide I'm going to die at, at 50, so drink away, eat away. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with that. The, the cause and effect, it's married. So, the back on track comes from this. The 30 day challenge comes from this. I went out in the bush and I took people in the bush and they're different. Nobody has an alcohol addiction when you walk up the Himalayas, nobody. Sure, some people like a glass of wine on the way down, on the way up, not allowed. Because you're acclimatizing, you can't have alcohol. Nobody has any addictions. Whatever their addictions got left behind. Because when they left their house behind and they left their city life behind, they left all their problems behind. So all their addictions go away. Even those that they say are chemical, gone. People stop taking, uh, worrying, having depression. People stop having anxiety. People stop having anger about their partner. They stop having everything because the further they step away up those mountains, the further their problems will go away. People are different in nature, especially when they're a long way from the house. But as they come back down the hill, and as they come back closer and closer, their problems come back. So they actually recognize how good it is to be away and how challenging it is to be back, and they want a tool. They want a process. And that's what I do, 30-day challenge. It brings nature home. People are different in nature. I've taken hundreds of thousands of people all over the world on corporate retreats in the bush. 
and we sit around a campfire and they write things on a piece of paper and they throw them in the fire and they go, oh my God, I feel so completely, and they cry and they celebrate. Then they get in the bus the next morning and head back to the city and go back and on Monday morning, they haven't changed at all. And I had to take responsibility for that. Okay, there's something really good about recognizing how good you can be when you're away and recognizing how different you are when you're back and knowing the difference. But what if you can't do shit? What if you don't have a tool to bridge the gap? And I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna find out what it is when people are in nature that makes them so happy, makes them so great to be around, makes them so not addicted, makes them so inspired, makes them so great and generous and kind to each other. I'm gonna find out what it is in nature that makes that happen. Because it's certainly not a book it's certainly not an intellectual process, and it's certainly not meditation. I can guarantee you. Walking up a Himalayan hill or sitting out in a forest in Canada or going down to the, um, uh, uh, Mexico or, or in, in, in Bali, there people aren't reading books. They're experiencing something that comes from the tactile nature of the experience and witnessing and immersion in nature. And I said, what in the freaking hell is that? How do I bring that back into the city? What do we see when we go in nature? We see beauty. Well, it's not beautiful. It's white waves crashing on green water with cliffs and houses all around. There's something about it. We see awe. We go, whoa, didn't expect that to happen. We get enthusiastic because it's always changing and therefore we never get bored. We get humble because it's so big and we're so bloody little. I'm looking out right now from Bondi Beach out to sea, somewhere out there, somewhere out there is New Zealand. Holy moly, the expanse of water and the size of the whales and the extent of the cliffs. And when you see a storm on the beach and it just thunders up the whole sand, all 200 meters between the water and the sand and it goes all the way up and crashes over the, over the retaining wall. You see a storm like that and you go, sheesh, there's very little we can do if nature decides to have a bit of a bunt. So there's something humbling about. So beauty, humility, awe, enthusiasm. And then you go, well, if I stand here, nothing's missing. It's abundant. And you go, abundance, that's what it is. And I took these concepts, which are the universal laws of nature, that are known a long time before I met, I found them. I found, I found them through, uh, I, I labeled them through uh, study, but I understood them through experience. And I took those things and I brought them back and I called it the 30-day challenge. But I don't just teach. I ask people for 30 days to experience things that nature delivers, experiencing things, experience these things in their homes. Experience these things on a piece of paper. Experience these things at work. So we, we bring the experience of nature into life, not bring life into nature. We have to run away on holidays, on weekends, or uh, sit in the garden with a glass of wine. Yeah, but we don't do it to escape something. We do it because this is just part of something. It's a holiday. And every single day that you can bring nature into your life is a holiday. 
no matter whether you're working or playing or uh, making love or reading a book or watching this, it's just all the same. It doesn't matter whether you're behind a computer screen or out in the bush. It's all the same. Nature. And with urbanization and with all the development of the ego and the mind and the intellect, we lost it. We lost what is natural. And so most people in the world spend most of their life decorating a prison cell, the prison of their own mind. They spend most of their life decorating the prison cell, trying to make good, but they're inside a cell because it's separate. The outer world and the inner world, it's separate. Nature and the city, it's separate. And people drive in their cars to go to nature, whereas nature's already in them. They are nature. They're running around looking for the car keys, they're in their pocket. And this is what I hope when I do the 50th or 500th or 10,000th iteration of the 30-day challenge and keep refining it and refining it and evolving it and developing. This is what I hope to be the experience of the participant. And I strongly recommend that you do the 30-day challenge if you've already been coached every year in September. September is called Reset Month. And that's coming up in a few days' time. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.